Welcome to The Unapologetic Social Worker, a podcast that talks about resilience and highlights the struggle and compassion in the lives of everyday social workers. I'm your host, Noel Ramirez, and I'm a clinical social worker and public health professional based in the Philadelphia region. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a bi-weekly dose of unapologetic social work reality. My guests and I unpack real topics that deal with intersectionality, shame, perseverance, and critical moments of how folks navigate showing up for themselves, their work, and their communities. Episode one, introduction. Hi, I'm your host, Noel Ramirez, and I wanted to take a minute to describe what the Unapologetic Social Worker podcast is, who it's made for, and to share a little bit about me and my journey. I wanted to create an accessible tool to help those of us in social work find a sense of belonging and promote a shared sense of identity. Working in the public is hard AF, burnout is a for real thing, and in my experience, some of the burnout has to do with facing and holding the traumas and pains of the folks we work with, But most of the burnout, frustration, compassion fatigue, or whatever you want to call it, has a lot to do with some of the problematic agencies that we work in. How they treat us, how they treat our consumers, and the manipulation and abuse that often comes in working in the nonprofit industrial complex. This podcast is a space to imperfectly decolonize our minds and professional subjectivity through story, interviews, and experiences. Identify the way everyday social workers with intersectional thoughts and identities find agency, reclaim their personal missions, and continue the work of social justice. My own story begins a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I was a social worker at a super toxic work environment. It sucked. At the same time, I didn't have the tools to name and claim the things that were happening. But I knew it didn't feel right. I knew I felt trapped. I felt a lot of shame. And I had this serious depression, the kind of depression where you order chicken Alfredo every day and wear the same outfit a lot. It was truly a bad look. My supervisor at the time was pretty terrible. They were a bully and a whole lot of other things that I don't want to talk about. But I imagined and know that they were also likely being bullied by upper level management, who at the time was mostly white and sadly some were fellow social workers. They co-signed on some unethical situations that were happening in the program and enacted all forms of oppression that they were allegedly against. I remember feeling like I was in an episode of The Twilight Zone whenever we had to make important personnel decisions. It was unbelievable the things that I saw, witnessed, and resisted against. That toxic work environment birthed a critical consciousness that led me to learning more and more about the nonprofit industrial complex as both a concept and a framework to understanding why things happened the way they did. The nonprofit industrial complex is a systems framework that explores and identifies the involvement of oppressive capitalist structures in human service agencies and describes the enactment of white supremacy, capitalism, and colonial politics to control progress and undermine the work of liberation and social justice. This is usually in the form of things like foundations and funders controlling how practice is being done at agencies, or perhaps third-party payers uh, dictating how activism should be done and sanitizing the labor of community organizing and the spirit of social justice. And also, you know, in a more interpersonal level, managers and executive managers weaponizing virtuousness and the I feel sorry for X and Y BS to manipulate you into doing more work for nothing and degrading you throughout the process, essentially modern-day colonialism. When I reflect back at that experience of workplace bullying, this framework helped me depersonalize the experience. You know, I used to think that it was me personalizing it, like 
It had to be something about me. Maybe I was, if I was X enough or Y enough, something would be different. But you see, that's the colonial lie. I came to learn that it had little to do with me and much of the gaslighting and abuse was a result of the nonprofit industrial complex as a system. The culture of that organization, along with others, was based on subjugating and exploiting others, gaslighting and maintaining an image to the public. It wasn't about me and it wasn't about my supervisor, but rather this is just what happens in the nonprofit industrial complex. People take advantage of others and perpetuate a cycle of exploitation. They take down other people to make themselves feel better. And there are all these unspoken enactments of racism, colorism, classism, and a colonial mindset that occurs that leaves most folks mad confused. And when I came to this understanding, I was able to turn a corner in my professional subjectivity and create an awareness that this burnout and other BS that many of us social workers face is largely connected to a colonial mindset of those who own and claim things that are not theirs in the first place. That the dysfunction that we see on the direct practice level is symptomatic of the politic that lives and is created two to three levels up. So for instance, in that organization that I worked in, I remember coming into the organization as it was transitioning into a quote unquote professionalizing phase in its evolution. And in doing so, the organization was pretty inconsistent with its policies in practice and with personnel, had loose to no boundaries between coworkers and leadership, and was struggling to maintain the grassroots spirits of community change because it was too busy competing for grants, procuring funding, and attending to the needs of the funders to keep the lights on, or so they say, and maintain salaries, all at the expense of the dignity of its employees and labor force. However, I have to say some of it was me. Part of my journey has been to force myself to stand in a place of accountability. There were moments when I enacted the anger crabs in a barrel syndrome, where I talked mad shit and even minimized the efforts of emerging activists who are trying to create change in different organizations. I also felt like I was projecting some of the not good enough BS that lived in my psyche and willingly walked into this agency and enacted the colonial politics that were in it. I demonized my supervisor, who was simply another colonized subject and likely being abused. And for that, I'm sorry, and have also applied my own self-compassion to move forward from this super yucky, yucky situation. Right before I was about to throw in the towel on social work, I reconnected with my local social work association and got connected to a Social Workers of Color Committee Group. It was through this community of like-minded folk that I was reminded that I was part of a larger community of people grounded in values like dignity and respect. And they gave me the tools and the space to reclaim my personal mission that got me into social work in the first place. I do want to give a special shout out to SWAC at PSCSCW and my friends Jackie, Annette, Gary, and Donald for helping me get back to myself. Here was a couple of things I did to break free from my own colonial prison. Number one, I had to reclaim the mission that got lost in this colonial war zone. Number two, I used and continue to use my therapist weekly. Number three, I was getting supervision from a relational psychoanalytic clinician, shout out to Dr. Rachel McKay, who through relational and intersubjective approaches to psychoanalytic thinking, helped me find the courage to move along and also helped formulate some of the pain in the herd. Number four, I had an honest, accountable talk with myself about my needs and finances and was able to move forward when I had a plan. 
Number five, I found community, a professional community, to act as a buffer to some of the insanity I saw at that site. Number six, I like the self-acronym from the Sanctuary Model Curriculum. It's a tool to get grounded and to move the hell along when you're in a toxic situation. SELF stands for finding a sense of safety um, to regulate yourself. Emotions, identifying all the emotions that are there. Loss, thinking about what was lost, um, you need to let go of, and finding a sense of future. So if you want to learn more about the SELF acronym, again, check out the Sanctuary Model curriculum online. Number seven, I really had to dig deep into my identity to find strength. Not from me, but from the folks who birthed me. You know, I thought a little bit about how the Ilocano people of the Philippines have always been adventurers. I thought about my mother's grit in growing up in the slums of Tondo in the Philippines. Immigrants from the Philippines hustle their asses off in the US to make it. Queer people fall and rise against subjugation. I thought about my innate courage to jump into shit without thinking because deep down inside, I know it's the right thing to do. I thought and reflected about the genuine love that is attached to my are you hungry, have you eaten whenever someone's at my spot. I also thought about my fat activists and body positive sisters in mine, embracing the bodies that we're in and fighting against fat phobia and healthism. These were the pieces of my identity that got me through this tough time. Number eight, I detached myself from the agency and recognized that my professional mission was more important than agency politics. You know, these work sites, I learned, are just studios to create art and to do your own thing. Number nine, I listened to podcasts like this or consumed literature that ignited a passion um, of intersectional thinking. This podcast is my way of paying it forward. Community was what helped me get through that time and create meaning behind the pain and struggle. And I hope this can be a place for you to get that too. This podcast is for folks who are trying to formulate their path in social work. It's a tool to let folks know that you're not alone in your struggle. And it's also a place to put voice to the intersectional perspectives of social workers trying to find their way. So that's it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Unapologetic Social Worker podcast. If you're looking for more support in your social work journey, check me out on noelbramirez.com. That's N-O-E-L. B-R-A-M-I-R-E-Z.com. I offer group supervision on Saturdays at 3 p.m., individual support for folks in the field, and a group text so folks can get social support at all different times of the day. If you vibed with what you heard today, please take a moment to subscribe and review it on your podcast provider of choice. More reviews gives the podcast an opportunity to be discovered by others. Also, if you have your own intersectional social work experience that you'd like to share, please feel free to email me at noelbramirez at gmail.com. Shout out to SoundCloud artist Kabbalistic Villas for providing music in this podcast. And until next time, be unapologetic and keep doing it.